Today on the podcast, I would like to talk about fighting fair in your marriage. I think that it's fair to say that the majority of us have been quarantined now for almost a month. My family has been quarantined since March 16th. So we have been in the house for about a month now. And aside from work and going to the grocery store, our family has pretty much been able to stay inside. Now, this is the first time ever, once you think about it, that we have all been stuck in the house for such a long time. And even though we have been positive and we've been doing fun activities on the weekend and being good sports about this situation, because we understand the importance of staying at home, it is not always easy to be in the house with so many people. Yeah, it's not. I was telling my friend the other day um, that I actually do like staying home. Now, for most of me who know, most people who know me know like I'm a homebody. I like to stay home. I do, but even with staying home, I like to have an option of going places and doing things. So I like to stay home a lot. I like to watch TV, um, work, and do stuff at the house. But I also like to be able to just take the kids. We can go somewhere. We can do something. So not having the option of being able to go anywhere or do anything has been a major adjustment for me. Now, as you heard earlier, I'm trying to help my kids with distance learning. And that has also been a big adjustment for me. So I get it. All of us are having to make adjustments and deal with situations that we've never, ever had to deal with before. But we are resilient, and I know that we're going to be okay. It's just going to take some adjusting to get used to this because I'm sure that once everything is, once we're allowed to go back out, I'm pretty sure things are not going to go back to normal until we have a vaccine. But I don't exactly know what the, how we're going to transition back into going out and doing things. But regardless, this is where we are right now. So, because of the extended time together at home, I'm sure that many of you couples out there may be having some arguments or disagreements, which is totally normal since we have been together for such a long time. But the problem may be that you were having arguments and disagreements to begin with, but the extended time at home has made the arguments worse, made the disagreements worse. And if that is happening to you, that's also normal. What I want to let you know is that there are ways to resolve disagreements without tearing each other down or tearing down your marriage or your relationship. Now, the majority of the time, disagreements and arguments are just misunderstandings that no one ever took the time to really figure out what is going on. Think about it. Think about the arguments that you've had with your spouse or a significant other that have escalated and got out of hand and you guys were mad at each other. But once you sat down, you came together and you talked about it, it was just a misunderstanding. And that's typically what arguments are. Here's an example. Now, this wasn't an argument, but yesterday, my daughter, she's 11, had a meltdown. Like, she was crying, she was upset because I wouldn't do this activity with her. But the activity was an activity she was supposed to probably do alone and it was an activity that she really didn't need my help to do because it was schoolwork. So, you know, I'm trying not to give answers here. She probably needs to do it on her own. But she didn't understand. Well, I guess she did understand. But she was crying about it. She was upset. Like, Mommy, I really want you to do it. You really need to do this with me. And I was like, well, I don't see why I have to do this with you when you can do this by yourself. Then she tells me that the assignment is an optional assignment. So, of course, I'm just like, well, if it's optional, why are we even doing it? But once we sat down and we talked about it, it came out where that's an assignment that she usually did with her friends at school. 
and she didn't want to do it alone. She just wanted to do it with someone, and she wanted to do it with me. So what she was saying is that she wanted to do it with her mom because she wanted to spend some time with me. But at the time, I didn't quite understand that because all I heard was the whining, the crying, and I'm just like, you're too old for this. Stop it. I don't understand what is going on. But once we were able to sit down and talk about it, I understood. She just misses her friends. This is an assignment she does with her friends in school. And because she loves her mom and wants to spend time with me, she wanted to do the assignment with me. Now, this is my daughter. I think that her love language is um, time, quality time. So, of course, it makes sense that she wanted to spend time with me and do this assignment. But at the time, I didn't get it. Come just like it's optional. I'm not supposed to be helping you with your schoolwork. I mean, helping you but not doing it. You know what to do. And I was like, I don't want to do it. And let me just say, it was this activity that's called an escape room where you have to do all these different assignments, like six separate assignments to come up with one answer to share and turn in. It's a lot of work. The last time I helped her with that, um, it took me two hours to do. So I was not trying to do that. But after we talked, I understood. And so I was like, okay. Even though it's an optional assignment, we'll work hard this week, and then we'll probably do it together on Friday. So that is what happened there. So this is a re this is something I'm telling you that happened with my 11-year-old. So if my 11-year-old is having meltdowns and having some adjustment issues with this whole situation, imagine what your spouse is going through right now. Imagine what you're going through right now. So, of course... The attitudes are probably not going to be 100% all the time. There's probably going to be some frustration, some complaining and whining. Grown people do whine. It happens. There's probably going to be times when your spouse does not know how to express themselves except in frustration or anger, which will probably end up with big disagreements or arguments. But it doesn't have to be this way. We do not have to spend the time that we are in the house with our spouse or significant others arguing and fighting because we don't know how to deal with what's happening. What we can do is learn how to fight fair. And here's how I say fight fair. We can't control how our spouse or significant other is going to react to this time. We can't control their emotions. We can't control what they say, what they think, how they feel, how they even um, ask for help. Because many people cry out for help with different emotions. Sometimes it's silly. Sometimes it's anger, frustration, sadness, whatever it is. People cry out for help in different ways. So we cannot control how it's done, and we don't. We have to be aware of when our spouse is asking for help, even if the way they're asking for help is not in the best way possible, and even if it's angry or frustrated or sounding frustrated, or even if their way of asking for help comes out in the form of an argument. We can't control them, but what we can control is ourselves. And one thing we all have to remember, and I think it's important to remember that when there are arguments, it is not our responsibility, it's not our, it's not our job, it's not our responsibility, and it's not our right to sit up there and have an argument back with someone. Because when arguments happen, it's like someone says something, then you say something, and then they say something. And each time, mostly in arguments, you start, you're not dealing with the problem. You are talking about, well, you never did this. Oh, well, you didn't do this. And then it gets more to attacking the person. And in arguments, you don't want to attack the person because the person is not the problem. The problem is the issue at hand and not them. So that's why it's important not to attack your spouse in arguments. But the best way to fight fair in arguments is 
not to really argue with them. Now, I know when I say fighting fair, it sounds like you let your spouse have a turn to say something, then you say something. No, that is not what I'm talking about with fighting fair because that never works out. It's like you say something mean, they say something mean. It doesn't work, so that's not what I'm talking about. Fighting fair is totally different, and it'll change exactly how you think about fighting. Now, when I say the term fighting fair, I'm not talking about just not saying anything at all because when you are in an argument, you don't want to shut down because when you shut down, you're not focusing on what's being said. So instead of reacting the way we normally would, which is with anger or frustration, when we fight fair, we need to determine within ourselves to be the bigger person in the fight. Remember, the goal is not to win this battle or win the argument, but it is to win the war and to have a long, healthy, successful, thriving marriage. We need to begin to reframe how we view our spouses doing arguments because I know that sometimes when my husband and I have arguments, I'm just like, what a jerk. Why is he saying all this? Oh, he just being selfish or this, that, and the other. Now, that's just me. Now, I don't know what you say about your spouse when you're having arguments. I don't know what names you call them. But we have to stop because they're not being a jerk. They're just trying to express their feelings, but they just don't know how to do it appropriately. So they're not being a jerk. They're not being whatever that name is you call your spouse the other day when he got on your nerves or when she got on your nerves. They're not doing that. What we need to understand is that we are dealing with an individual who has a need that they cannot communicate what the need is and how they need the need met. And they're coming at you with frustration and anger because they don't even know how to communicate it. Even if they may not even know what that need is. But once you sit down and figure it out, you will know what that need is. So we have to remember that they're human and that they're not really mad at us. They're just frustrated and cannot express what they're feeling appropriately or what needs to be done to fix it. So we need to sit down and we need to begin asking ourselves, like while they're going on or whatever, instead of thinking the mean things to say, you can just take a step back and listen to what they're saying. And based on the knowledge that you have on your spouse and about them, because we know a lot about our spouse. We know what makes them tick, what makes them upset, what makes them angry. So it shouldn't be that difficult for us to sit down and say, okay. Okay, it is difficult because when we're in the middle of an argument or someone's coming at us wrong, we don't want to ask these questions. So, yeah, it is difficult. But what I'm saying is we need to sit down during this time, even while they're going on, just listen to what they're saying, and then we say, say to yourself, we need to ask ourselves, like, what are they trying to say? What are they asking for? Because that's the key. Once we discover the answer to these questions, then we can begin to address the real issue at hand. We can talk about the real issue together. Fighting fair requires a lot of patience. Lots of patience. Oh, yeah. Did I mention lots of patience? It requires tons of empathy and listening and no speaking. So if you are up to the challenge, and this is going to be a challenge, here are some ways that you can begin to fight fair. First, acknowledge the difficulty. So you have to acknowledge what your spouse or significant other is saying. If they're mad at you or they're going on and on about something, acknowledge what they're saying. Acknowledge the difficulty. Acknowledge what they're upset about. And let them know, I get it, you're upset about this or the other, I understand. Acknowledge what it is that they are upset about. Because when you acknowledge 
what they're upset about. You let them know that you're important to me. Your feelings are valid. Your feelings are, you have a right to feel this way. So you can acknowledge their feelings. And it's important to acknowledge their feelings because you let them know that you care and you value them. So you acknowledge their feelings. Admit to them that you are listening to what they're saying and you're responding to their emotion, even if it's tough for you. So acknowledge the difficulty. Acknowledge what they're saying. Acknowledge their feelings. Acknowledge the emotion so that they know that they have value. What they're saying is valued. Validate their feelings. Let them know that you get it. You understand. So acknowledge the difficulty. Acknowledge what they're doing. Another thing you can do to help you, because acknowledging difficulty and acknowledging other people's feelings may be difficult to do because we may not see it the same way. So what they're feeling may not be what we meant or how we see things, but we have to acknowledge their feelings because it's them that's feeling this. And it's them that have an understanding about what's going on. It's their perception. And perception becomes reality. So this is what they're perceiving. This is their reality at that time, and this is what they're thinking. So acknowledging the difficulty can stress you out and make you upset and frustrated. So that is why another thing to do is to self-soothe. And self-soothing just means that you are not going to allow your spouse's feelings of negativity or anger or whatever it is to get to you and cause you to react in an angry way. Because remember, we're trying to win a war. And when you're winning a war, you can't be crazy, you can't be psycho, you can't be irrational. You have to have the right frame of mind to win a war. Now, if we're just fighting a battle, then yeah, you can go all out and win that battle. But if you're trying to fight a war and you're trying to win the war and figure out what's going on, you need to be able to concentrate and focus on what's going on. Now, when you self-soothe, there are many things you can do, and here are just some ways you can do. You can sit in a comfortable chair, you can lay down, you can relax, you can focus on controlling your breathing, you can relax your muscles, you can just do things that will help you to relax. This is how you can self-soothe. And this may even mean taking a step away from the argument or what's going on right now so that you can self-soothe and so that you can get perspective and know what you need to do moving forward to approach the issue and to approach the problem. Now remember, just because someone's having an argument with you right then and there doesn't mean that you have to finish it. Now if someone starts an argument with you, you don't have to finish it at that moment. You don't have to even try to figure out what's going on at that moment. You can listen to hear what they're saying and acknowledge the difficulty then agree to come back later after you self-soothe so that you can focus on the real issue. Because sometimes you cannot fight or deal, you can't fight fair if you don't take some time away from the situation. And the reason I say this is because so many times you're so caught up in the emotion, you're caught up, your adrenaline is flowing, and in your head you're like, I know he didn't just say that to me. Oh, no, she did not. I mean, it's just crazy. That's just what happens. So you have to acknowledge the difficulty, Take some time away so that you can get some perspective, hear what they're saying, think about what's being said, and then come back at it and come back and resume the conversation when you are in a better place of mind, better frame of mind, and you're more rational so that you guys can deal with the issue. Remember, the goal here is to understand what is going on because so many times it's easy not to understand what is happening in an argument. The goal is to understand because once you understand then you can fix this, you can change this, you can work on it. You can come up with ways to resolve the issue instead of just making it worse and making it blow up. 
So the goal is understanding. That is why it's important to acknowledge the difficulties, step away from the situation to self-soothe, because you have to remember the goal here is to understand. Use exploratory questions and open-ended questions. So when you come back, it's important to use open-ended questions and exploratory questions. Now, why is that? Yes, because we are trying to explore and find out what is going on. How can we resolve this issue? So if you don't ask these questions and you just come with your own assumptions, you're going to get it wrong every single time. So it requires some type of communication and talking and asking the right questions and that's why when you ask the right questions, you can get the right answers. So the open-ended questions are good. And exploratory questions are good because you are finding out from the source himself or herself what is going on, what's the problem. And you can come up with a solution to the problem together and resolve the issue. Now, please, whatever you do, do not ask why. And here's why. You have to avoid asking why because it'll sound like you're being critical and you may not be you may just be like why do you feel that way but to them they might hear huh why do you feel that way why would you feel that way you know it just comes off wrong and when people are upset and they're feeling a certain way even if you say something minor they might take it out of context so avoid saying why do not ask why you can say something like what's making you feel this way how can i help you know things like that but don't ask why the next thing that's important to do is to bear witness to what they're saying. So bearing witness means that you're letting them know that you are witnessing their distress. You're witnessing what they're going through. And it means that you are there for them. So when you bear witness to what they're going through, you let them know, hey, I'm here for you. I witness this. I see that you're upset. And a good way to let them know this is like, I see you're upset. I know this is really making you upset. Bear witness to what is going on and let them know that you understand. So an example would be, let's say your husband or your wife or your significant other is at home, they're upset, they're getting frustrated because they're just feeling trapped and closed in and they say something like, I can't take being home anymore, it's just too much. You can say something like, instead of saying, why don't you like being home? Because it sounds like you're attacking them and it sounds like you're coming at them. So instead of going with that, you could say something like, it sounds like you're really stressed out because you have to be home so much and we haven't had a chance to go out. Bear witness and let them know that you understand. And while you're doing this, avoid asking the why questions. Yeah. The next thing that I say would be a good way to fight fair is to use your partner's metaphors. Now, we all know all of our spouses or partners or significant others do not speak regular English when it comes to their emotions. And this is probably because, or not even English, whatever language or dialect that you speak in, they're not going to speak that. Because when people are mad, sometimes they don't even know what that feeling is or what they're feeling. They just know, I'm feeling some kind of way, I'm frustrated, I'm angry, I'm not exactly sure why, I can't pinpoint that emotion but I'm going to try to say it. So they may use metaphors. Like I know, for example, my husband, whenever he would get upset or frustrated, he would use metaphors. And he would be like talking general third person. And you're just sitting there like, huh, what? I don't understand. And so it just got to a point where I had to just tell him, listen, I don't understand what you're trying to tell me. Could you please just 
let me know what you're saying. But sometimes they use metaphors. And he does have some metaphors that he does use. So when I'm trying to talk to him or understand, I'll say, I noticed you mentioned that such and such and such. So I'll use his own metaphor back to him. When you said this, did you mean this, this, that, or the other? And if I'm wrong, he could be like, no, I didn't mean that. What I meant was, what I was trying to say is this. So this is another way to fight fair because you're using what they're saying, their metaphors, but you're not using it in a, a, a way to attack them or accuse them. You're just going by what they're saying and you are just repeating it back to them to make sure you have a better understanding of what is going on and what they are trying to tell you. Because believe it or not, their metaphors have meaning and it's telling you how they really feel. Maybe they can't express, oh, I'm feeling upset, I'm feeling really stressed out about this situation. Maybe they can't express that verbally, but they can express it in a metaphor. So if you repeat that metaphor back to them and just say, based on what you're saying, this is what I'm getting, am I right? And then they can tell you and explain their metaphor to you so that it's not a whole bunch of, you assuming okay so another thing that you can do is ask them what's missing like if they're saying something and they're upset and they're angry and they're really like having a moment instead of saying something like what's the big deal what are you trying to do why are you doing this don't do that find out what is missing because you'll see a different side of them. So if your spouse is angry about something and they're like, give me the silent treatment or they just give me short answers or whatever, you can probably say something like, I see that you're upset. What's going on? Or if your spouse is arguing with you at that moment, if you have a moment to stop because I see you're really upset or after you self-soothe and you it just depends. If you need time to take away from when someone's arguing with you to calm down and self-soothe, do that. But even when you come back after that, you can say, I know that you were angry earlier. What seems to be the problem? What's going on? And then you can talk about it that way. Or if you're one of those people who don't need the time to self-soothe, when you have a moment you, after listening to what they're saying and you think you kind of have a grasp on what they're trying to tell you, you can say, I noticed that you're really upset about this. What's making you so upset? And then... They, you can work with them and try to figure out what is going on. Because many times um, the anger is not directed at you. That's why it's important not to take it personally because it's not you they're upset with. They're upset about something else that is happening, but they're just taking it out on you because you are the person that is there. Their attitude may not even be about you. It could be about an insecurity that they have. It could be about something that's going on with them. But they will just get mad at you. So don't make it about you. Don't take it personal. And listen, when you don't take it personally, then it doesn't matter if someone's starting, trying to start an argument with you because you know, okay, they're upset, they're frustrated, they're having a hard time expressing themselves. I need to figure out what's going on. When you come at it from that point of view, you don't take it personal like, oh, I, how dare they talk to me this way? Why would they even say this about me? You spare your own feelings because you realize it's not even about you. Sometimes people's anger and their frustration is directed at something totally different, but it just comes toward you because you happen to be there. So when it comes to your spouse, don't take it personally. They don't mean it. They're just frustrated at this time. And is it fair for them to do this? No. But we need to find out what's going on so that we can fight fair, we can help them, get through this and figure out what's going on so that we can come up with a resolution. 
don't try to cheer your spouse up if they're upset or if they're frustrated or angry because that's always going to backfire. Don't try to cheer them up because they need to experience this feeling. Because if you don't experience your feelings, you cover them up and then you never work through them. So many times in life, people try not to deal with their emotions, deal with their feelings. And when you don't deal with things, it's not going to, it doesn't go away. It just stays hidden until another situation happens and you react the same way. And when you don't deal with your feelings and when you don't experience them, you can't change how you deal with situations. You can't even change how you react to situations because you've never dealt with your feelings. So don't take it personally. Don't try to tear your spouse up. Let them deal with this emotion. Let them feel this emotion and be there with them to support them while they feel this emotion so that you guys can work together to figure out what the real issue is in the argument. Now, while you're arguing, I've done this before, and it's I see it was not a good thing, so please don't ever tell your spouse to calm down. And my husband has said that to me too, and I've said it to other people, like, dude, just calm down. I don't see what the problem is. And that's not a good thing because what you're doing is you're telling them you have no reason to be upset. You shouldn't feel this way. Something's wrong with you because you're feeling this way. And that's not true. They have a right to feel the way that they feel. They have a right to be upset if they are upset. They don't have a right to scream, holler, and act like they're crazy. But since we are not taking it personally and we realize that they are just dealing with their issues, we don't have the right to tell them to calm down. Just because maybe a situation may not stress us out or may not make us upset doesn't mean that they're wrong because a situation stresses them out or makes them upset. It just means that we're different people, we react differently, and maybe your tolerance for stressful situations could be a lot higher than that of your spouse or your partner. So don't tell them to calm down because when you do that, you're letting them know that there's something wrong with them you shouldn't be mad about this. I don't acknowledge your feelings. Which lets them know that they're not being heard and you're not validating them and that they're not supported. So don't tell them to calm down. Once you guys talk and figure out what the problem is, it's important that you are able to search out the goals and the obstacles. So while you guys are talking, listen to what they're saying. And while you're listening, pinpoint, search out, what the goal of the argument was. Maybe the goal was to have you help out with this or your spouse feels like they're not supporting this. Figure out what the goal of the argument was and then listen to what is the obstacle that they can achieve that goal. And then together you guys could work on working on coming, removing the obstacles so that you guys can achieve the goal of what they were trying to ask you for. That is very important to do. Now, let me see if I can come up with an example. Um, let's see. Let me see if I can come up with an example. An example I'm going to say would be like, let's just say that your husband comes in, or let's just say that Henry comes in from work, and he's upset, and he's frustrated, and he gets into an argument with his wife because when he was walking in the house, he tripped over their kid's um, scooter that was in the middle of the floor, and he hurt his knee. Okay, so he's upset at her. He's like, you never clean up. You never do this, this, that, and the other. And what would be the goal to this argument? The goal is he wants us to be able to come in the house and not fall and break his neck every time he comes in. 
The obstacle is that the kids are leaving stuff all on the floor and he's falling and getting hurt when he comes in from a hard day at work. Okay, so in the middle of the argument, the thing to do would be search out what the goal is. The goal is he wants to be able to walk into his house and not fall because things are in the way. The obstacle is kids are leaving their stuff in the way and he's tripping when he comes into the house. What is the best way to resolve this issue? Yeah, tell the kids after you finish playing with this toy, you need to pick up the toy and put it away. Or tell the kids, okay, daddy's getting ready to come home. Make sure you pick up all your toys and move them out of the way. That would be a solution to the problem. So it's important because sometimes the solutions to arguments are so easy. Oh, my goodness. They're so easy. It just takes communication and listening to be able to determine what is the goal of the argument, what's keeping that from happening, and then work to remove the obstacle. So search out the goal and the obstacles. Don't minimize what your spouse is feeling. Please do not minimize it. It's important. And the fact that they're telling you what's going on with them is huge because so many people do not communicate or even try to express things. Yeah, the way they're expressing it probably is not the best and it has a lot to be desired with how they're expressing what they're saying and how they're expressing their emotions. But don't minimize it. Listen to what they're saying. And then... After you listen to what they're saying, begin to work together on what you can do to help so that this can be resolved. Now, of course, there are a lot of other ways that you might that you can begin to fight fair, but these are just some of the basic things that you can begin to do now to help you to be able to fight fair and begin to understand your spouse. Now, you would be surprised at how many arguments and disagreements can be eliminated if we would just seek to understand. And instead of trying to win an argument, and get your point across if we just understood and listened and took the time to have empathy during these arguments it would be so much better and i do believe a lot of problems could be resolved now what i want you to remember is that it takes two people to argue so if you don't want arguing in your home and arguing in your marriage then don't argue and don't respond with a remark because if you are winning the war Mean remarks are not going to help. Arguing is not going to help. And if it takes two people to argue, don't argue. Don't say anything. Now, by not saying anything, I'm not saying shut down and ignore what they're saying. Listen to what they're saying. And when they're finished, then you can come in with acknowledging difficulty, scheduling time to talk about it later so that you can self-soothe. Then you can just remember what the goal is. And then go from there. We're beginning to work together to try to figure out what the real issue is what the goal of the conversation was or the argument was and then begin to remove the obstacles now this is how you are winning the war this is how you fight fair just and also please be kind and show empathy i remember when i was a kid my mom used to always say you can um what did she say you can win more bees with something like um Anyway, the gist of what she was trying to say, I can't remember exactly how it goes. And I remembered it a minute ago. But the gist of what she's trying to say, you can do more and you can win more. You can get more just by being kind. So when you're arguing, remember, be kind. Be understanding. Because when you do this, you can take a bad situation and you can turn it into a good situation. How many times have one kind word stopped an argument? I can't even begin to tell you. There have been so many times where... Someone was being rude or someone was being mean to me. 
and I said something kind, and it turned the whole situation around. So just remember, kindness is important, to be kind. And it's not like you're being kind to a total stranger. You are being kind to your husband or your wife or your partner or your significant other, someone who you say you love. And if you love somebody, you're going to have more patience with them. You're going to show them empathy. The things that other people may not be able to get away with, you're going to have more time and patience in, with that person because you guys are investing in something. You're investing in a future together, a life together, and it is important that you are kind and that you understand, okay, they're having a difficult time. How can I help? These things are important because when you're kind, instead of escalating the situation, you can make it better and you can de-escalate the situation. The key to changing a fighting dynamic or argument di arguing dynamic is you. Yep. You are the key. So this week, I just want to encourage you to be the change that you want in your marriage and to fight fair. Now, the song that we're going to listen to today is called The Same Old Thing. And it's about a couple who finds themselves in a cycle of arguments and disagreements. All right. So here's the song, The Same Old Thing. Somebody please tell me why. Something has got to 
Before I end the podcast, I would like to thank BetterHelp for their continued support of the Music and Therapy Podcast. BetterHelp is a counseling online service, and they are there to help you. Their goal is to help people become the best version of themselves that they can be, which is in line with what we want to do here at Music and Therapy. So I'm extremely happy to work with them. Now, BetterHelp is not a do-it-yourself kind of thing. It's not one of those things that you do for self-help. BetterHelp is actually licensed counselors and trained professionals who are there to help you navigate through the most difficult times in your life. Now, we talked about childhood trauma today. And if you've experienced childhood trauma and you don't know where to go, then BetterHelp can definitely help you. BetterHelp has licensed professional therapists and counselors who are knowledgeable and certified in their area of study who can help you navigate through the issues that you are dealing with. For example, here are some of the things I love about BetterHelp. It's not a traditional wait in the office kind of thing. You can meet with them online. So because it's online, people can meet with them in the United States, people can meet with them in Europe and in Africa. They can help anyone anywhere in the world. Why? Because they are online. They are flexible. You can talk to a counselor within 24 to 48 hours of signing up for services. They will match you with someone who will be able to help you. You can talk to a professional who has a specific expertise that may not be in your area. Why? Because they are online. Another thing that I love about BetterHelp is that they actually help people who don't have the money or resources to get counseling. And that's the thing that I love. So there's like, they're not holding counseling back from you because you may not be able to afford it, especially if you have lost your job because of the pandemic or have financial issues. They have scholarships available. They even have financial aid available. So you can get the help that you need if you are desperately in need for help. BetterHelp is available and BetterHelp is willing to help and serve you. So if you would like to get more information about BetterHelp or sign up for services, what you can do is click the link in the show notes and in the link, that's the link to BetterHelp. And we also have a promo code. And the great thing about the promo code is that if you put in music and vibes, that's our promo code, they will give you 10% off of your first month of service. So if you are in need of BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, go check it out. Click the link in the show notes, put in the promo code, and you will be on your way to begin the process of healing. I would also like to thank you guys so much for listening to me. I enjoy our time. I can't tell you enough how much I enjoy hanging out with you, spending time with you. So thank you guys so much for listening. It's appreciated, and I just love you guys. Thank you so much. Now, on that note, I want to invite you to join our Facebook group. It's not the same without you. I miss you. I want you in the group. So go ahead and join our Facebook group. And it's easy to do. There's a link in the show notes. Click on the link and join. And I made it easy so that anybody can join. You don't have to wait for approval. You don't have to wait for anything. Just click the link, put join, and you are in. So I hope I see you in the Facebook group soon because that would just be amazing. Join our Facebook group. I also want to encourage you to follow the podcast on Spotify or Apple Music or iTunes, wherever you're listening, go ahead and follow the podcast. Also, leave me a comment. I would love to hear your thoughts on the show. And then I also want to encourage you to share the podcast with a friend. There are people out there who need to hear some of what we're talking about. And because you are able to listen to it, and if you know someone who needs to hear what we're talking about, go ahead, share the podcast with a friend. 
Sharing is caring. By sharing, you are sharing the podcast. You're helping to grow our community. And you're also caring enough about your friends and your neighbors to share and let them know, hey, these are just some things that you can try out if you are dealing with these issues. Now, if you guys want to contact me, it's easy to do. I have all that information in the show notes. It says join me on social media. So yeah, click on any one of those links. You can send me a message. You can DM me. Whatever you want to do, you can go ahead and do that. And I promise you, if you send me a message, I will respond to you. I think that's all I have to tell you. Have an amazing week. Enjoy your time with family and friends. And I will talk to you later. (laughs) Bye-bye. It seems like we are happy, but what people don't even know is that he cheated on.